0: Some say fall is their favorite time of year, and this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible, and don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Let's get it. All football, all the time. Listening to the best football show, hosted by
1: Elliot Shore Parks. What's going on, everyone? My name is Elliot Shore Parks. Today is Friday, November eighteenth, and this is the Best Football Show podcast, the place for the top news and opinion from myself and from the best of the best from Odyssey's football podcasts and radio stations. If you like what you hear today, please hit that subscribe button and leave a five star review. It helps the show grow, and if you leave your best NFL take in a five star review, I'll read it on an upcoming episode we'll level a whole episode of just fire NFL takes from you guys. So hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star review. It really helps the show grow, and I would greatly appreciate it. All right, another busy day in the NFL, as always. And what really always seems to be the case this season, and really over the last few years, is the Eagles are at the center of it. And the big move, the big news from the NFL on Thursday was the Eagles bringing in Sue. Uh He hasn't played so far this year. Of course, played last year with Tampa Bay. And it's a big move for the Eagles. The Eagles are a team right now that are struggling at the defensive tackle position and are really struggling stopping the run. Anybody that watched that Monday night game where Washington went into Philadelphia and beat, the, and beat the Eagles saw they are struggling in the middle of their defense at that defensive tackle spot it wasn't just that Washington averaged 3.1 yards per carry. That's not a bad outcome for a run defense. You'll take three yards a carry. The issue is they were getting no push. Washington was consistently able to get those three, four yards every time they ran the ball. That put the Eagles into a lot of third and short situations on defense, which is really hard to stop. Opposing offenses love to be in third and short. You don't know if they're going to run the ball, if they're going to pass the ball. It's just incredibly hard to stop. And what you saw on Monday night was with Washington able to run the Ball, the Eagles were not able to get their offense on the field. They had one of their worst offensive games of the season. Part of that certainly falls on the offense, but the other part of it is they couldn't get into a rhythm. So the Eagles were 8-0 heading into the game. They're 8 1 now. They're legitimate Super Bowl contenders. But if you can't stop the run, and if you don't have a strong middle of your defense, like the backbone of your defense, the defensive tackles, the linebackers, and the safeties, that area has to be strong. And it wasn't for the Eagles. It just hasn't been. So they 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 go out. They sign Linval Joseph on Wednesday, and then Thursday they bring in even even the bigger name, the bigger star in and Sue. So, what can they expect from Sue now that he's in an Eagles uniform? What's interesting is I think sometimes when these players don't, you know, when they semi retire, right, you expect to look and go, oh, well, he, you know, big name, I recognize it, but he's not a great player anymore. That might not be the case with Sue. You look at what he did last year. He was still one of the most productive defensive tackles slash, you know, nose, nose tackle, whatever you want to call him. He moves out on the edge. One of the most productive defensive linemen in the NFL. Pro Football Focus had him ranked as the 26th best interior pass rusher. He was 32nd among starting interior defensive tackles against the run. So, was one of the best defensive tackles in the league when it came to stopping the run and getting after the quarterback. He had six sacks last year. He had six the year before. He has big game playoff experience. And he's someone that I think is going to come in and and make an impact for the Eagles. I know he hasn't played in a while, which is certainly a cause for concern. In my career, I've found whenever Big linemen, right? Like defensive linemen, offensive linemen, whenever they miss a large amount of time, it takes time to get back into football shape. Players that miss training camp, it takes them a while. You know, sometimes it can wreck their whole season. I've seen it here in Philadelphia, and it's happened across the league where if guys miss time, it takes time to get back into football shape. So that's something to consider with Sue. It's something to consider with Linval Joseph. But if I'm the rest of the NFC, my worry off of this is the Eagles had a weak spot. They had a weak spot in the middle of their defense. They had a a portion of their team that could be attacked. They don't have that anymore. They just don't. I know they lost Dallas Goddard, but they still have an excellent passing game. They still have an excellent run game. Their offensive line is very good. Their quarterback is an MVP discussion. Their secondary is very good. Their linebackers have been pretty good. Now that they have better defensive tackles, I think if you're Indianapolis— Maybe not this week specifically, but if you're Minnesota, if you're New York, if you're Tennessee, if you're Green Bay, uh, you know, the other teams that the Eagles are either going to play or at the top of that NFC, You're you don't like your chances as much today because if the Eagles are going to be strong against the run and they can get back to forcing teams into third and long, into obvious passing situations, you're gonna see them string off, you know, go and win a bunch of games in a row again because that's why they lost to Washington. So credit to the Eagles for going out and making a move. Credit to Howie Roseman for going out and continuing to invest in the roster. Obviously, it's easy to say that they should when you look at their record, but not a lot of GMs and teams do. A lot of GMs in this situation or owners wouldn't want to spend money to get Sue. they wouldn't want to go out and sign veteran players right these are win now additions by the eagles of course there's no short thing you have to see how they're going to come in and how they're going to play but i thought the signing of sue was bad news for the rest of the nfc good news for the eagles who even after coming off a loss now once again if there was any question i think you have to look at them without a doubt as the number one team in the nfc The other big news in the NFL heading into the weekend, you can find both on sports channels, on Odyssey, and you can also find on the Weather Channel. It's about this Buffalo game that's supposed to have, depending on where you look, 25 inches of snow, 33 inches of snow. Some places around the stadium couldn't end up with 55 inches of snow by the time it's uh, ready for Cleveland and Buffalo to kick off on Sunday. And now the NFL has a bit of a tough decision to make. There was a report and there was, you know, kind of speculation that they're looking at maybe moving the game to Detroit, uh, a team that, look, Buffalo plays on Thursday, on Thanksgiving, which which adds a complication to this. So if they can move that game to Sunday, the the Bills can stay in Detroit and play on Thursday. Maybe that's a good outcome for them. But here's my my main takeaway from this. And before I get into it, let me be clear. I was at the Snow Bowl for the Eagles, the Eagles-Lions game a few years ago where there was an unexpected blizzard right before kickoff. We all love watching games in the snow. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not fun. As a consumer, as someone that loves to watch football on TV and even in press boxes, it is awesome to watch snow games. But here's the other thing. Buffalo is building a new stadium, right? They, they have, they've put out the pictures. It looks beautiful, all those things. Every team should be building a dome. As awesome as snow games are to watch, they are a nightmare for the NFL, right? Look at this. They're going to have to move a game to Detroit potentially because of this. They're unsafe for the players. They're playing in inclement weather. To be completely honest, if I was Buffalo, I would consider pulling my starters, at least some of the key starters in this game, because they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders. If, if they are out there and they're playing in 35-mile-an-hour winds, they're playing in, you know, I know they're going to clear the field, but let's say it's snowing during game time, you know, and they can't get it all out. You are risking your elite athletes that you've paid tens of millions of dollars for to win a Super Bowl. You're going to risk them out in inclement weather just because you wouldn't build a dome. Like I find this whole thing. I mean, I've been to, dome, to to a lot of domes in the NFL. The best stadiums in the league are domes. The Dallas Stadium, Atlanta Stadium, Minnesota. Even the Lions Stadium, which is on the older side, is one of the better stadiums in the league. The reality is I know that we love watching football in the snow. I know that it's great for a consumer. But when you look at the owners, the players, and the quality of the game, It just, it makes no sense at this point that a billion dollar organization is sitting and figuring out what to do with a huge game for the Bills, right? Coming off of two losses, but it just, a game that's going to, create tons of revenue, and they might not be able to play it because of snow. And I know it's a bit of an extreme situation because no matter what, there was going to be so much snow around the stadium, it could have impacted things. But every time I see a game might be impacted by weather, right? Whether it's pouring rain, whether it's huge wind, or whether it's this, which is a massive amount of snow with wind as well, like thunder snow is what they're calling it. I just can't imagine why you wouldn't build a dome. And I know you're going to listen to this and say, oh, you're so lame. Snow is awesome. Like, I get all that. It is awesome to watch. But when you're building stadiums that cost billions of dollars, when you are paying athletes hundreds of millions of dollars, Josh Allen, right? Like Von Miller. The, I know he didn't get $100 million, But the guys that get all this money, to put these athletes at risk and to put their career at risk just because we like to watch snow on TV – I think it's silly and I think moving forward, any team that is going to build a stadium should build a dome. And if I'm the NFL, I'm moving this game. If I'm the NFL PA, I am making sure they don't play in inclement uh, conditions and risk the player's health. So moving forward, you got to go to domes. All that being said, you know, I'll be in front of my TV watching if there's a snow game on Sunday. Alright, the last thing I wanted to talk about before we, uh, before we wrap this up is the three games I'm looking forward to the most this weekend. Some really, really intriguing matchups, uh, in the NFL. I thought the last few weeks, some of the matchups have left a lot to be, de- a lot to be desired, but there's a lot of really good games this weekend and three I'm focusing on heading to the weekend are, are these three. The first is the Cowboys at the Vikings. First of all, it's a matchup of two of the better teams in the NFC. The Cowboys at 6-4, and four, the Vikings at 8-1. and one. But what's crazy is this game is in Minnesota. The Vikings are 8-1, and one, and the Cowboys are 1.5 favorites heading into the game. That's wild. For the Cowboys to be 1.5-point favorites... ...is pretty crazy. I mean, look, I'm not the best gambler. I certainly lose my fair share of money in, in, in all sports. But this is one of the those lines where you look at it and you go, what do they know? Like, this is a Vegas line. Like, you look, you should look at it and go, oh, the Vikings are going to win this game, no problem. I don't know about that. Vikings are coming off of a huge emotional whim uh, against Buffalo... Back at home, the Cowboys need this win. If they drop it, if they lose, they drop to six and five, right? Like this is a big game for them and their playoff implications. So I think it's a good test for both teams. One, the Cowboys get to see, can they compete against the Vikings, who are one of the best teams in the NFC? The Vikings get to see, like, can we win? Can we win consistently? Can we come back from that emotional win over Buffalo, come back home, beat another one of the best teams in the NFC? The Vikings seem to be in a situation where they're constantly having to prove how good they are. This is another example of that. I think a win over Dallas would really solidify the Vikings as one of the best teams in the NFL. And on the flip side, if the Cowboys can go into Minnesota, Dak plays well, defense looks good, Micah Parsons is making plays, CeeDee Lamb is uh, having a good game, then I think you look at them as one of the better teams in the NFC too. So really intriguing matchup for both teams, and I'm really excited to see how this one plays out. The next one for me is the Kansas City Chiefs at the uh, Chargers. Chiefs are 7-2. and two, The Chargers are 5-4. and four. So if the Chargers win this game, they can pull to within one game of the Chiefs in that division, and it's a big one for the Chargers. Uh, as, as promising as Justin Herbert is, as great of a talent as he is, as as much potential as he has – he is not going to be like one of the top quarterbacks in the league until he starts to string together some wins. They're five and four this year. They're basically a 500 team with him at quarterback. It seems like he never has impressive wins. I think he's one and three in his career against Mahomes. That quarterback is in your division. And I know saying, look, you have to beat Mahomes. That's a tall order for any team, for any defense, for any quarterback. But sorry, man. Like you're gonna get paid all this money. You're in the division with this guy. Sooner or later, you got to show that you can go up against Mahomes and win the game. And really, not even just those games. The Chargers are one and two uh, in their last three games. They're coming off of a game against San Francisco that they lost. He had one touchdown, one interception, and I found this surprising that this year in the nine games the Chargers have played. Justin Herbert has had more touchdowns and interceptions than five of them. So basically 50 50, five games where he's had more touchdowns and interceptions, four games where he's had either the same amount or more interceptions and touchdowns. So it's like a f- almost 50 50 proposition going into a game with Justin Herbert. If he's going to have, you know, three touchdowns and no interceptions or if he's going to have one touchdown, one interception, no touchdowns, one interception, like an average game. So as good as he is, as much potential as he has, Sooner or later, man, you got to get a signature win. And I think Kansas City, Mahomes coming into your building, Sunday Night Football, this is a game that I think Justin Herbert really needs to win. You can't drop to one and four against Mahomes. So I'm looking forward to watching this one. And I think it, you know, as talented as Herbert is, like this could be kind of the beginning of like a narrative being built with him of, yeah, he's great, but let's see him win some games. The last game I'm looking forward to watching, I'm looking forward to watching is the Detroit Lions at the, uh, yeah, the Detroit Lions, sorry. The Detroit Lions at the New York Giants. Um, a game that's surprisingly compelling. Before the year, you would have thought this game was for the number one pick in, in next year's draft. Instead, the Giants are one of the best teams in the NFC record wise. The Lions are coming off of two straight wins against division rivals and the Bears and the Packers. And I think this is a game that could cause some problems for the Giants. As good as the Giants' defend, defense is, and the fact that they, they've won as many games as they have, they do not have a good offense. And we can spin it however way you want. Bottom line is, this is still an offensive league. This is still a league where you have to score to win, to, to win consistently, right? Not to sound like Trent Dilfer. You have to score to win the game. We all know that. But you have to have a consistent offense. The Giants have really kind of gotten by by the skin of their teeth with, with, with these with these close wins. And I think it's because they don't have an offense they can trust. On the other hand, the Lions are ninth in the league in points per game. They've shown that they can put up points. They've won shootouts or at least came really close to winning, uh, you know, been in a lot of shootouts. If the Lions get, get over 30 points. I don't think the Giants win this game. Like the Giants don't consistently score uh, many points, obviously by the fact that they're 22nd. They don't have a quarterback they really trust. Their receivers are terrible yeah they have Saquon but it's hard to score a lot of points when you're running the ball consistently because it just kills so much time off the clock so the Lions even though Jared Goff is their quarterback they find a way to put up points I think that the Giants are ripe for an upset here I think this could be the Lions third straight win which is pretty wild like I was out on Dan Campbell I still am but if you can win three straight games like you're starting to turn it around there a little bit. So I think it's a big one for the Giants because you just have to keep winning if they want to be in on that top seat in the NFC. And then a big one for the Lions just to kind of get that third straight win and show that they really are building something. So really looking forward to that matchup of the Detroit Lions at the New York Giants. This has been the latest edition of the Best Football Show podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. As I said before, if you could hit that subscribe button and leave a five-star review with your best NFL take, it really helps the pot out. It helps it grow. And I want to hear some of those NFL takes. So thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you guys on Saturday.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?